Hello and welcome to the Crazy Poultrying Podcast. I am your host Ian Gaio Loco Novak, and here again I have a guest with me again, the Gobbler Damon Anderson, to join me in a special segment. How are you doing today, Damon? Good. Yeah. Okay. And so we have a special segment in amongst this entire thing that we're starting officially, which is what we have dubbed Rotten Eggs, where we take something that is considered bad, rotten, what have you, from either Rotten Tomatoes, Metascore, or Audience, and we watch it and we go, does it deserve it? Sometimes we might go, yes it does. Sometimes we might go, yeah, that was bad, but... Boy, was that entertainingly bad. And our first task was Vampire's Kiss, starring Nicolas Cage. Uh, Now, just to get that out there, I had never seen this movie. I've only ever seen bits and memes. Damon, I'm assuming you have also never seen this before until we did? Yeah, honestly, until you mentioned it, I never even knew it existed. And then... After looking at the back of the cover, I realized, yeah, that's that's there's a, there's a lot of meme in here. If you're familiar with all that, you, you would notice a lot of the scenes, and I just never knew what movie it was from. Yeah, uh, so we I know that this has been talked about a bunch by people and stuff, and there's a good good reason. This is balls to the wall crazy. Uh, the what I believe <laughs> the basic premise is that. Nicholas Cage is going crazy, and he believes he's a vampire at some point. Uh, after he has a one night stand, and he believes he's bitten on the neck, and he be- he's slowly becoming a vampire. Uh, that's what I think the plot is. Uh, from I- what I get from it, like uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, there is a disease where people imagine they are a vampire, and I think it has to kind of do with that. But it's just. It's like taken to a complete level that I... Uh, of insanity? Basically. It's it's a very strange concept. And, like, he's right. It does start with, like, kind of a one-night stand situation. But then, like, I think it spawns from the whole bat flying in the room kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, there, there, there's a part early on when there's just a bat that flies into his apartment. And you're and he's, and he's like, trying to fight it off and something. Well, he mentions yeah. with the therapist that yeah. he gets aroused when... Uh, when the bat flies in the room and he's like fighting it and I think it's just I, I don't know like it's like the idea of taking that that he that's his sexual arousal because if you if you notice like it's every time after that mm-hmm. it's always portrayed with a female vampire that's yeah. quite attractive mm-hmm. that that's where he's he's almost just getting off from the fact that it's just a so, vampire related so, so yeah like the way that you described it, it's basically he's just kind of going to this insanity place, like how I was saying, like with American Psycho, where he starts to think he gets aroused, so he pictures this woman that's portraying the so-called vampire that turns him because of the bat. Because that unlocks something and it up subconscious. Why are, why are we really diving that much into this, though? Well, it's... <laughs> Because it's it's a I think it's a thought process. You're trying to really conclude what happens, but trying to justify the screen sense. the screenwriter. Exactly, you're trying to put into words this weird concept. Because I don't understand the concept really. Because no, 
it's it starts off like you know you kind of get the premise and like I get what he, they're trying to go for like they're trying to make it where he's like it's almost like a thought process on having a weird sexual experience and going from like it's almost like a fetish thing well well but he mentions t- towards the end of the film when he imagines that he's talking to his therapist that he was talking about his depression yeah so that's it another a, side effect that he's having like almost like a mental illness that's like oh oh if there's a picture there, if there's a picture of mental illness put Nicolas Cage from this on there <laughs> uh, Nicolas Cage in general <laughs> um but he, there, there's like so many weird shots in this that just don't make sense <laughs> and that's where like the directing and the writing fail this so much uh, cause there's just like shots of New York just spread out throughout this yeah it, it just, doesn't just, make any sense just to stretch the time this would, it's, it's really what it seems like it seems like a lot of filler within yeah. it like there's some scenes that could have been cut and it would have just still made sense oh and early on there's that boy that he is like catches him when he's like about to like get get it on with her. Oh yeah. But then he never comes back. Yeah, it's never even mentioned before. Like I was hoping they were gonna bring him back like towards the end when he's having that crazy fit. Like yeah. The little boy where he's like looking around trying to see who knock and that little boy sitting there and I was hoping that it, it could have been a funny one line. He could have looked at him and been like, "What are you looking at?" And it could have been well, hilarious. Well, but like when I was talking to you during it when he like is about to get it on with her the shot in the window looks like a creeper shot no really so it looks like what, they were what just if, getting it what on if, what if that was the kid <laughs> oh, well, that adds a whole new depth to this well, film well but regardless so uh, like all the side stuff that happens with it uh, other than Cage and then we have to bring this person up Alma <laughs> She has the worst experience throughout this entire thing because you Cage is her boss. Feels so bad for her because he's slowly losing his mind as she's just trying to like hold on to this job. Life. She she wants the job so bad. And this is during the part of the eighties where this was yeah, a lot this, of sexism this, in the eighties. Yeah. Like they he has like this big mental breakdown where he chases her into the bathroom. Colleague sees this happen. You know, you figure maybe she reports it. There's no reporting, and yeah, if there is, they but, made a complete joke out of it. Yeah, then Cage is in the room, of course, with four other dudes that are at the top of this, you know, branch company or whatever, and they're just laughing about it. Because I'm like, whew, this is not... <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot of uh, words that I'm not going to use because I'm not a big fan of them. Yeah. Uh, specifically, uh, the C word... Uh, what kind of catch my drift? It's I'm like, what was the a very unnecessary process of writing this from this guy? Like, I, I feel like they were trying to portray a businessman from the '80s, but like, yeah, but they wanted to show one that's going crazy. But they're like, you know what? That's just let's take that idea, like the stereotypical businessman in the '80s. You know, like a guy that's just mouthy and kind of says what he wants and does yeah. what he wants. You know, treats women like garbage. Oh yeah, and let's, let's boost that to a hundred and just and, see what sticks. And yeah, of course he's a how he's betrayed, and is also he's a big ladies' man. Yeah, it's it's very weird because you see crazy Nicholas Cage with like a weird phony accent. No, no, we actually started to discuss it. The tone of his accent, the way his hair looks, looks like he's Trump. <laughs> He, he sat, yes, if you if you listen to his voice and the way the mannerisms, he does sound like the president. Like, it's very it, odd. He he's like trying to speak with like this kind of like English accent, 
but he says later on that he's from Philly. Yeah, so it makes but no sense. But grew up in New York. Then why would you talk like this? Yeah, it's he's trying to be like it's almost like he's trying to be eccentric. Yeah, but it just comes off like it. It almost sounds like someone is parodying the president. That's what yeah. it sounds like. Like uh, when someone does a mock voice, that's exactly uh, what it sounds like. Now, now, of course, though the thing that sucks about the fact that we're doing a podcast and stuff, and you, you can't see the expressions that we will give because that alone sells this movie. Is Nicholas Cage's imp- is his face? Because if there was a shot of showing that he is trying to be a cartoon character, it's when he's looking dead at Alma and he's going. You're the lowest of the low, and I'll fire you. You got that? He's completely berating her, and it's it's fun. You feel bad for her, but you're laughing at the same time because you have this one lady that's just standing there, like, almost in tears because she's like, I really need this job. I don't want to get fired, but my boss is an asshole. And then <laughs> you just have this guy just, like, looking at him this his eyes are twitching. His, his bald, they're bulging yeah. so big. His, his eyes are like a mile but, wide. She's just like, you got that? You understand? But but the part that I did not know that happens to this, and you and I caught at the same time, is he rapes her. Yeah, at the end, there's a, there's a scene where he's explaining. She's like, don't rape me, because he's, he's I mean, very acting very violent. Yes. And he's chasing after her, and she says, he's like, oh, I will. <laughs> and it's just, you're just like, What? Like, it's something you wouldn't expect in a movie, like... Oh, now? Well, no. Now. Well, even back then, like, I feel like that's just something that's, like, to another level. Just yeah. the way he goes about it, like, if you were portraying a movie with someone who's just a violent, maybe a serial killer or something, more understandable. Like, if you see, like, the, for example, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah. there's a lot of violence and sexual stuff within it, and... American Psycho. It, American Psycho, it makes sense within the context, but this is just... A crazy guy. <laughs> and then, like, for him to just be like, oh, I will. You're just like, okay, well, this is not expected. I, I just don't know how Nicolas Cage wagging his tongue has not been more of a meme from this. Oh, definitely. Like, just Pro- the way... pro- Probably because of the implication? <laughs> Maybe. And you know what? You could take it and you could put, like... Uh, you, you could put anything. You could be like, are you trying to seduce me? Like, you know? And then you could just have that for any, like, any other clip of any kind of mm-hmm. movie and put that in front of that and, like, just this face where he's like, oh, I will. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> like, it would just be absolutely hilarious. I, I don't, honestly, it'd be great. Um, and, and, of course, now, but, uh, and when he's going through this towards the end, you know, he destroys his apartment some and if you've seen it the room it's very much like that except it's a bit more over the top like he kicks a lamp that just explodes on impact i feel like the director was like you know what, what was he i'm doing? gonna go take a lunch break <laughs> nicholas cage <laughs> and i'll be back Kay. i just i want you to just you know mess up the apartment a little bit and he comes back and he's like what did what you, you do? do it's just Oh, it's destroyed, and he's like, "You, just, you said just do it, like." Uh. It, and and you didn't put the reins on Cage, no. Yeah, there's a, <laughs> so many scenes where I feel like he just kind of let him loose and said, "You know, just do what you want." No, no, no. There, like the portions that I believe the director was like trying, like to basically like have him be like a stone cold person, which is easily like the boring parts for me when it comes to Nicolas Cage in this movie. When he's not, and he says, just 
just take this take and do whatever we want. Oh, it's a hundred times. That bad. is that's the best amazing. Part of the movie. The, see, when you when you try to, I feel like when you try to direct, yeah, Cage, really in any film, when you try to really make him, like, you know, you got to do this. Mm-hmm. He's less of an actor. Whereas when some of the stuff, like something he's more passionate about where he can just kind of be himself, yeah, he can, you know, it feels like it's more... Like, and like, you know, some movies, they definitely try to tone it down. It's crazy. Like oh, yeah. Na- National Treasure, for example. Um, it's a Disney film, so... Th- well, well, one that I would say that... Fought, that but the, there's one that hones in, you know, having him be calm and stuff, but then having him go nuts, and that's Mandy. Yeah. Uh, I think that that holds it, all that together beautifully. But, so, th- th- this is a good topical question of, is this Cage's worst performance, or is it just misunderstood? Um, I'm inclined to say it could be looked at the worst performance. However, he's given boring performances, too. And I want one that I'll remember over boring. <laughs> I, I'd say this is definitely not his worst because honestly, if I had to go for his worst, I'd go more for the the Wicker Man reboot because uh, I won't go that far. I'll go. I'll go Outlander. I don't know if you've seen that. I, I have not seen Outlander. He has like long black hair, and he's supposed to be like some kind of stoic, like fighting figure. Hayden Christensen's also in it. Oh god. Okay. Which I don't want to put more shame on him because I actually know he can act too, but. Well, see, like, like again, it's one. It's one. Do I want just subtle and just boring, or over the top and memorable? And I will take over the top and memorable yeah, every time. Yeah, hundred times, you know, nine times out of ten. See, and that, but that's the thing. Like, I I've not seen that, so I'm not for sure. Yeah. I just know that I prefer the original, Wicker Man. Oh yeah. It's a lot more creepy. Like it's very it's very dark. Like it's a really dark film, and the implications within it make mm-hmm. it even darker. Like it almost reminds me more of a. Was that for Midsummer? Oh yeah. Yeah, it, it's the, more like that. Whereas the new one is more like it's just they go more for like the aspect of it being like par- like almost like paranormal, more like you know, more I, I can't even think of the words right now. Like it's, it's more <laughs> trying to go for that aspect of it. Yeah. Oh, uh, so now an interesting fact because I wanted to make sure find out. So you know what his two fil- what were Nicholas Cage's two films right before this? What's that? Raising Arizona. And Moonstruck. <laughs> oh. Well. Which are both really good performances by him. So they picked him up, like, right after those and just said, do whatever you want. Well, that's... See, that's... that's Honestly, I feel like that's almost iconic for Nicolas Cage because he's just back and forth. Like, you'll have one film where it's like, okay, this is actually a fantastic performance. And then, like, you'll just see him again you'll be like, well, what did you do? <laughs> He, he, he's been a little bit more off that average, though, lately. He's made a bunch of direct DVD stuff that yeah. hasn't been really memorable in any sense. Mandy has been the most relevant yeah. thing that he's done lately. Uh, but that's like that came out like when people like were like wanting like the crazy Nicolas Cage to continue, and then when it kind of stopped, they got off that bandwagon. Yeah. But then Mandy hits festivals, and not only are they saying, he's not only crazy, he's really fucking good. And the stylistic of this is, like, something you've never seen. Yeah, yeah. And when you watch Mandy, it's like, you either are going to be on board for this... You're either going to love it or hate it. Uh, ...this approach. Because it's very reminiscent of older, more obscure horror stuff that I've seen. 
I might have to watch that because I'm I'm a big fan of it. Like Suspiria, like the one from 77, which I saw last year, which I really like. I also like the remake, although it's very different uh, from the original, which is nice, but also a little bit slower sometimes. I don't know if I've seen that at all, actually. The color palette of that is borrowed from Andy, where it's just balls-to-wall weird colors, and the characters don't know it. but this is starting to turn into a Mandy's review, so... Uh, so, this is the kind of quandary I come to with this. Uh, so, the final verdict uh, of... <laughs> is Vampire's Kiss rotten or not? What would your opinion be? Uh, it's, it's kind of hard to tell. Um, as far as a film goes... It's bad. It's real bad. Like if you like, like it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of all over the place. But as if you just like the performance wise, like you know, it's Nicholas Cage is just it's goofy. It's fun to watch, but it's not necessarily a good film. Like I mean, the film is very almost anticlimactic in a sense. Like you start off and like you just see Nicholas Cage going crazy as he's you know treating his receptionist like a piece of garbage. Know. Yeah. She is just, I mean, you just feel sorry the whole, and there's oh, yeah. no conclusion of happiness there. It's just like, oh, okay, like, you know, you still got raped, like, sorry. Like, they don't really, you know, maybe, like, let her hit the lottery or something, you know? Something just to end it off where, I mean, yeah. That she still, that she really, still even has a job. Yeah, like, something, you know, kind of crappy happens, but, you know, like, that's really horrible. Something really, like, awful, awful to happen, but then maybe something, you know, decent for it to come up. No. There's nothing ended with there. And then, like, he just... There's no explanation or anything. It just kind of no. ends. I, I think they kind of set it up that it's his own head, so... Yeah, I I mean, you definitely, like, you have that, like... that, that You just kind of come to the conclusion yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, because, so, spoiler alert, he's, all, he's imagining all this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, I mean, as far as the film goes, like, it's... It's pretty rotten. It's it's a it's a bad movie. But I think you would get some enjoyment just the craziness out of seeing Nicolas Cage act completely batshit uh-huh. insane. Um so you're so that's your official stand on it. Yeah. Okay. Um uh I was trying I was pondering this in my head because yeah, like like you this is a poorly constructed film. Uh the writing is not there the directing is not there the biggest thing that i that, that i even told you while we were watching it these tones just aren't matching yeah because like you're having you're having there, you're having like this seriously like thing with his receptionist alma like she's going through something like yeah. that's dark and disturbing and then you go over to Nicolas cage and he's like nah, 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 nah. yeah he's making all these like weird faces and noises and and people uh, and and people are just, like, go- walking past him, because it's like, yeah, fucking New York. Yeah, uh, I, I hope this isn't a good representation of New York, because if so, I don't want to go there. Like, yeah. at, at one point, there's just mimes fighting in the, the street. Yeah, they're, it's just like, what? It's it's almost, and the thing is, though, like, I wonder if, like, that was put there for a reason. Because if you watch the sequence, the slap, the mm-hmm. spit, like, it's almost like the back and forth between him and his receptionist. Like, they're, like, always, like, he's the one that's being super violent while she's, like, well, fighting his, back. 
his um, imaginary vampire woman does spit on. Yeah. Uh, so it could be something within that but, too. So, but here's the way that I was now processing about how to, like, basically rate this. Um, I'm trying to think of what uh, Vampire's Kiss is one of those hundred-year-old eggs. Mm-hmm. It smells bad. It probably tastes terrible. However, it's a delicacy. Because guess what? You're going to be entertained. <laughs> yeah, so kind of, kind of the same stance so, that I'm going about. Yeah, it is technically rotten. However, watch it. See what you think. If you want to have a good laugh. Oh, yeah. And just something that's watch something that you're not going to have to sit and really be in depth it, with, this would be a perfect film. And because here's the thing. Nicolas Cage can probably still do some crazy performances like he has shown in Mandy and something. However... This you're not it up. you're not getting his facial expressions anymore like this because this is when he's young and he can <laughs> fully like move his face. He still can because he is a talented actor. I want to get that out there. He is a talented actor, but his eyes just get so big when he's like, "You're the worst it's, of the low." It's very creepy too. Like that's just the way he goes. I mean, like. You know, a lot of people can, like, pop their eyes like, but this is, like, his facial expressions. It's, it's creepy. It generally is. And, it, and, it's, and I'll give the director this credit. When he's doing this, he's then moving that slow pan to his face. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? That's what you want to do. So, like, I, I say that's the one confident thing he did. <laughs> Everything else, no. So, yeah. That was our first rotten segment. Rotten Eggs. Uh, Vampire's Kiss, uh, I think that was a well thought out first pick. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that a senior, like, there's a few, uh, movies that we, you know, kind of pandered over, mm-hmm. and we kind of came with this one, um, uh, we, I, I mentioned The Nun, but they had already, uh... Well, yeah, me and, uh, our other cohort, Nick, reviewed it, and we put it on our worst of the year. We yeah. Kind, we kind of told a- our story, however, that was on a different platform, Maybe we could revisit it, but here's the thing. Whenever I want to revisit something, it means that you have to watch it again. Yeah. Uh, and you don't really want to watch he, it again. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. He's not going to watch it again, yeah. and it depends on how much do I feel like spending to buy it. Well, so. you want to just knock it out real fast? Uh, sure. Our, we don't have to get cool. in too in-depth with it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, because... Uh, so we're moving on to, like, basically another Rotten Eggs review, but this is a speedy one. Uh, so The Nun from, what was it, last year? It was last year, yeah. It was last year. See, this is how much I forget. (laughs) Uh, so, just to start off with, the whole, like, universe, I feel, if there was one time it was talking to me, it was telling me not to go see it because it was a freaking monsoon here in Indiana happening at the time. <laughs> uh, what felt like hurricane winds almost. Uh, oh, yeah. It was uh, starting off from the beginning bad. Yeah, we uh, all got together, me and uh, Damon, Nick, Russ, a bunch of people from work. Uh, and the rain was just so aggressively bad. We meet together and have dinner. Kevin's car breaks down and has to get jumped before they can get to the theater. So, uh, basically, this build-up to it is 
garbage. <laughs> I mean, we get in, we get we get our food, we decide to all eat before we go see it, and mm-hmm. we, we finally get there and we leave, and yeah, that's the first thing that happens. Car won't start. How, you know, this is setting off bad. You're like, oh, like, you're uh, going in, and freaky stuff starts happening. We get into the theater. Uh, wait, wait, wait. And also our friend Russ falls twice. Oh, yeah, he, sli- yeah, he slips <laughs> He slips going to the car before we go to the restaurant, and then he slips again going to the car after the restaurant. Okay, I forgot after that. that. <laughs> and so we, so we get to the theater, and we get in, and it, everything's going pretty smoothly until we get set down. Mm-hmm. And then our whole road decides to shift down one because mm-hmm. we're like, well, we're going to let the couple sit, you know, have those have their time. Yeah. And then we notice the dripping and... Well, I don't think too much. Well, the seat that I was supposed to sit in, a big tile from the ceiling comes down and smashes <laughs> right into the seat. And all and, I can and, think of Well, myself, and that also then was next to Kevin, and some of the yeah. plaster falls in his popcorn. <laughs> yeah, so he had to go get new popcorn. And all I can think of myself is, this is an omen. This is yes. all this is. This is something uh, crazy is about to happen. And because the tile came down, they then had somebody that worked there going in there to check on it. What does she do? She walks, stumbles, and what looks like breaks her ankle. Yeah, and she hurts herself. And I'm like, what the heck? This is, all right, this movie's going to be crazy. Um, Man was out high and was wrong. Yeah. Well, so, but then, she, so she gets down, and then another thing that we noticed, like, right before the film starts is that somebody's, like, walking in, and they have, like, a light that they're just like, ding, ding, ding. and we're like, what the fuck? Uh... Pretty positively check it for underage. Maybe. Because if I'm not mistaken, they took two younger looking people out. Yeah, I think so. So, I'm I'm trusting my memory right now. If I'm not Uh, mistaken, they took two younger people. So, I think some kids tried to sneak in. So, 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 but then the film starts and we're like, okay, here we go. What are we going to get? And they start the backstory of, uh, what's the name? Uh, Valak. Valak. and as soon as they mention Jesus blood, yeah, it, we 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 both turned to each other and just started laughing. It was so ridiculous, of her. like, you know, the thing is, I actually am a I'm a fan of the Conjuring universe. No. I, I like the movies. I think they're you know even the ones that aren't not the best. Like the whole universe is just. I really like that they're doing like the whole shared universe thing. I really enjoy those type of movies that kind of try to bring things together. Well. This was definitely probably the worst one in the whole universe. Hangs uh, down. Well, again, this is tough for me to really kind of rank these sometimes because um, for for me, I, I really like the first two Conjurings. Yeah. I also enjoy Annabelle Creation, which, funny enough, was a prequel of a prequel. Yeah. Um, but there's just been a stretch of one of these that I'm just like, I don't like them. They're either boring or too predictable, and but what's been the most disturbing thing for me is the fact that they're all like the same formula, basically. Yeah, yeah. And it's just getting so tiresome. And Especially I, with the Annabelle stuff. Like we've seen Annabelle a lot. This is that'd be her fourth film. Um, Annabelle, Annabelle Creation, Annabelle. She was in Conjuring. Yeah. So. Well, I she know. was also in Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> And Shazam. Yeah, and Shazam. Well, it's, it's almost like the director of those films had something to do with that doll. What a thought. Uh, but, yeah, no. But, like, but which do I put, you know, higher up? 
Because the last two in this universe, I thought were so boring. And technically, if you want to throw in Curse of La Llorona. Uh, yeah, no, it is technically part, because Annabelle is referenced in it. Yeah. And then it's also connected with Annabelle Comes Home. Yeah. Because there's a part where it involves a character far away that you yeah. follow from Curse of La Llorona. But those two were so monotonously boring, full of dumb characters... The dumbest child I've ever seen on screen at one point. <laughs> but then there's something like The Nun where it's like, it is terrible. It's, I don't know any of these people. I'm not scared. It's doing jump scares that piss me off. However, I'm laughing hysterically at this. Yeah, I'm not a fan of, you know, I don't like movies that try to take themselves seriously and they're just like, they're like, they see like the build up to The Nun because in The Conjuring too. The nun was actually scary to me. Like I, yeah. I was, I couldn't stand because I don't like the way she looks. It's just something creepy, and something and she wasn't even supposed to be in it. She yeah. was just added. But then it gets real dark because the original story obviously doesn't deal with any of that. Like the original well, yeah. infilled hauntings. So I mean, they kind of threw that in there, but it's dark and it's it's actually more creepy seeing her within that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well I can get, uh, you know, I can get behind this. I was excited when it was coming out. Yeah, no, I I was excited, and then when the first trailer hit, I was I was concerned. Yeah, it was definitely starting to get hanging, but I was still, I, like, I even went into the movie, like, I was still like, I'm ready no, to see no, this. No, I, I do that every time. I walk in, I'm like, okay, but come on. It just, so the jump scares, I, I'm not a big fan of jump scares. No. That's why I don't like haunted houses, because it's basically just That's live action jump scares. <laughs> so, I just, I don't like them, I think they're dumb. And they defeat the p- purpose of horror to me, mm-hmm. and that's all. That's all that movie was was just useless. Jo- and then like it, the characters it, were so boring. Well, that's because they did the sin that Avatar: Last Airbender did. They never talked about themselves and what they were going through and their feelings. Yeah, they were only ever saying exposition. Yeah, and, and the, the only and character I was, that I really liked was Frenchie. Yeah, but that was another character that I felt like that they they made in this movie, and then they referenced that he's in Conjuring. Yeah, from like a video footage that they show in the first one. I re I rewatched that and revisited that. He's not like that because Frenchie, from what we see in this, is a well-spoken guy mm-hmm. and stuff. And they're like, no, this guy that was being possessed, he had like a third grade brain basically i was like so you just retconned what they just set up before yeah which is my problem when it comes to shared universes when they don't pay attention yeah yeah uh and that's why but that's why this has been sinking so low for me personally because it's like they're getting uninteresting they're not following the lore well uh that was my big honestly that was my biggest like because see the conjuring 3 is going to be coming out soon and I'm curious what they're going to do with it because in the two, the two kind of the way it ended, like like I said, I'm not a huge fan of like the way they kind of ended two because again, that's not the infilled thing. Which the third one is rumored to be about the case that the devil made me do it case. Mm-hmm. That's like a big case and that whole thing, and they they talk about it and but the, the second one definitely no. But you but you know what behind the scenes is though the most concerning thing to me that is happening and that's James Wan is getting further and further away from these projects yeah it was just like with Insidious that he started first one was awesome second one 
not too bad, but he, he, he didn't have full control over it. And then when he is fully departed from them, that's when they go to the shit. Oh, it's almost as if that director was what made it so good. Yeah, and it's almost like he wanted to do something else. Yeah, well, see, you can run a series into the ground. I wholeheartedly believe that. Like, that's honestly, like, you know, I might get a lot of flack, but that's my biggest issue with the MCU. Okay. It started off, I was, you know, I was kind of young when it started, you know, I was pretty young. And it slowly, like, it was all good, and, you know, everything was going good, but then, like, after it got to, like, I don't even know how to explain, like, probably right before Black Panther, right after the second Avengers, you're just like, whoa, like, this is a lot to take in. Like, now you're wanting to see the films just to, to see what how they connect to the other films. Mm-hmm. And it just, by the time, you know, Endgame, like, I was ready for it to be over. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it was ten years in the making. But at least they felt a little bit more spread out. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, this has been like two to three films a year. Like, yeah. So it, they definitely can burn yourself out. Okay. Well, let's just then, but now just finally close out our thoughts on none, though. So, uh, because I feel like I have to ask it, so what is your rating of rotten or not rotten for none? Oh, definitely rotten. 100%. <laughs> That was the funniest horror movie I've ever seen. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, horror always can be funny. I, I guess. But. This was like a, I almost felt like it was a parody film. Oh, yeah. Like, and, you know, the, the whole Jesus blood thing at the end just got me. It was just, it was like, who thought, who thought this was good? They could have done so many cool things with that and actually made it more entertaining. But it's like, no, she's going to spit the blood of Jesus. And it's like, and you're telling me that didn't kill her? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the blood of Jesus just didn't destroy her instantly? It's almost like maybe it wasn't. Yeah, that, I could bring that up. Maybe because the nun, too. I've heard is there's talk about the nun, too, because the nun made so much money. Oh, yeah. The, the That's the other thing is like that I try not to have factor in, but the nun was the highest grossing thing in the whole franchise mm-hmm. so far. I was like, wow, this made so much uh, and yeah, uh, <laughs> it goes without saying, my stand on The Nun is that it's rotten. Uh, not, not deemable characters, and just ridiculously too funny. Uh, so yeah, so that was our technical two <laughs> rotten eggs that we have now given. Uh, so, but one thing, and then we're gonna now go on to something that I've not covered, and it's now been close now to almost two weeks since it came yeah. out. So, what we're going to do, because I'm sure you all have a, had a chance to see it, heh, <laughs> pardon the pun, uh, we will be doing a spoiler review now of It Chapter 2. Yeah, spoiler for all spoiler. those people that want to say, oh, well, you gave me, you spoiled the movie for me. Well, it's been two weeks. I mean, yeah. if, you, if you really wanted to see it and avoid spoilers, well, too bad. Like, this is it's too late for that. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, before we start to talk about the actual film itself, uh, let's initially start with our before seeing the film. Okay. Like our. Uh, so, like, you you can go onto our YouTube channel at crazypoultrying.com. Uh, Nick and I did a review of the original It <laughs> with Tim Curry, the Tim, the TV special. Uh, we're like, yep, it's clearly dated. No. Uh, not a whole lot of great parts, especially the second half. However, the two big standouts, 
the kids were really good, and Tim Curry was amazing. Yeah, fantastic. He was an amazing clown as Pennywise. Uh, it was just then the execution of him yeah. being a demon that was very laughable and not done well. Yeah, yeah. But I give it this credit with the fact that it had to. It was a TV special. It couldn't go all the way with certain things, and it for, had, the, like it had these restrictions. Had, for what they had, they did relatively okay. Yeah. I mean, there was you know there were some parts in it where I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Like, and I I just. It, it definitely is a standout mm-hmm. out of TV specials, especially Stephen King's TV specials. Well, just I think just in Stephen King in general, yeah, it's, there, there's actually a good number that are not good, and this this barely crosses that hump of. You know what? It, it's the only thing that then sucks is the runtime. Yeah, it's three hours. If you want to watch the whole thing, where I would honestly almost say, just watch the kids part. Yeah, well, the thing is, though, there's a lot of... The, the one part about, like, later on, when they're adults, is just, you know, watching Tim, Tim Curry be himself. Yeah. I mean, you won't get some things that he does to them as adults. But then that then there was the big structure problem with it, is that it did a lot of flashbacks. And what that did, however, is... Because, of course, before this, we, of course, had Stephen King's It, the mm-hmm. book which is one of his thickest books ever. Yeah. Uh, personally, never read it. <laughs> and probably barely ever will. <laughs> I haven't. I, I really... It's, it's a good book. I mean, it is. I really enjoy it. Like, it's uh, definitely one of my tops from him. Um, I... Uh, just though, uh, with the fact that it was TV, they had so many restrictions. Surprisingly, Warner Brothers actually was the distributor uh, when it came out. Uh, but it was the highest rated, like, TV, like, watch special at the time. Yeah. Because of how much of a following. And it was a two-night of an hour and a half. Um, but the problem, one of the biggest problems with it was the structure when it did all these flashbacks. When you do that, it was taken away from the tension when it was the kids fighting Pennywise. Because yeah. then you're like, but I, but I know he's alive. I know she's alive. Yeah. All that's gone. Um but again, the biggest thing holding this together was fucking Tim Curry. He yeah. is amazing as oh, Pennywise yeah. the Clown. If you want to talk about like the stupid spider, go ahead. You want to talk about the ridiculous dog scene that happens, go ahead. Has anybody ever said that Tim Curry was awful in this? I have not come across that because he's a legitimate clown. Yeah. And he put his effort into this just like he always does. Yeah, no, he's... And that's why I love and respect him so much. Definitely top for this movie. Like, he's the best thing about the whole film, in my opinion, because he's just such... So eccentric in it. Like, it's it's almost amazing to watch him perform this, like, act, almost. Mm-hmm. Because it's just... There's so many, like, funny jokes. Like, the, the whole... Do you have Prince Albert in a can? Well, you better let him out. That is just, it's so goofy and funny, and, you know, I, I almost could reference this film. In fact, I have referenced this film, you know, he's talking to Richie, and he says, doesn't she seem a little too young for you? <laughs> and it's just the way he looks at, like, the way his face is, it's just... But, but then there's been those few, there's that one joke, however, that has, like, a good amount of dark to it, which was the one where he's, like, if you notice, Bill, I got some plots picked out for you and your friends. 
Oh, except for that one on the end. That's taken by Georgie. <laughs> I was like, oh, you dick. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of it doesn't work, but I can watch it for Tim Curry. That's, yeah, that's, that's, the, fi- a, that's the final thing. The I'll way say I look at it. it is, yeah, it's not the best in the world, but it's a made-for-TV movie, and yeah. for what it was, it's pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then, exactly 27 years later... We got the It remake that was a giant blockbuster success. Fans loved it. Even Stephen King said he loved it. Uh, and we, of course, actually loved it too. So uh, going back, whenever I revisited it, I find a lot of stuff I still enjoy about it. There still is just one gigantic issue I have with it, and that's the tone is everywhere. Yeah. Uh, there's parts where it's trying to be very super serious and then the next thing it's like a cartoon yeah no um the thing is i i really uh, i really enjoy scars guard and mm-hmm. like he's you know and again this is another unpopular opinion i think that curry's better just for the fact that he's a clown he's a clown like if i saw him like just normal makeup you know not trying to be creepy just holding some balloons mm-hmm. i wouldn't think anything of it i'd walk past like he's a normal just clown there whereas Skarsgård he's made to be terrifying like yeah. he's like he looks scary mm-hmm. and so I you know that's that's the one thing that I was my biggest complaint his looks but he has you know acting is great like he's, yeah. he plays really good you know that, that's the thing that I'll say about both of them it's like if you want one or the other they at least both put their effort yeah full effort into it I feel like Curry's a lot more funny oh yeah He's a lot whereas, more quotable, too. Yeah, whereas Skarsgård's trying to be more, like, a serious but dark, like, a dark kind of funny, like, oh, yeah. like, trying to be clowny but, like, real dark at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then I, the one thing I do give him above is him being, a, you know, a contortionist. Oh, yeah. The scene where he comes out of the fridge, mm-hmm. it's fantastic, and he just does it like nothing. Yeah. And when I found out after the movie, I was like, that makes sense, and that's really awesome, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, uh, besides the few issues I had, I thought the look and the structure of it was way better suited to fit, fit the book. Yeah. Um, even though I've not read it. <laughs> uh, and it, it let, when it left off and it said, chapter one, I was like, oh shit, if this makes enough money and we have the same people, I'm going to be super stoked for part two. So, of course... It, it goes on to be the highest-grossing radar film ever. I think, although, maybe Deadpool still beat it. But maybe I'll be wrong. Don't fact-check me just yet. <laughs> uh, so, and then I hear Chapter 2 is going to be made. And I'm like, okay, who's making it? Oh, it's the same person. Okay, cool, I'm on board. Who's portraying the adult actors? I like all of them. Cool. I just have over in the back of my head going, but this is easily the part of both mediums that is everybody's least favorite part. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to the miniseries, when it comes to the book, everybody says that it's not as good when they're adults. So I was like, that's the big thing I have going into us. Then I saw the runtime. Almost three hours. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, and the TV special was just two hours. It was just three hours. This, we already had It Chapter 1, which was 2.12 or so. Oh, boy. Uh, so, yeah, I, I had minor concerns going into it, but I was just like, if it just justifies the runtime, I'm entertained, 
I, it, it won't matter because that's exactly kind of what Endgame did for me, yeah. which was it was it a little over three hours. Feel like it though. But it was entertaining enough, and it moved me so much that I didn't care. Yeah. Just like Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't mind watching a film that's super long if you know if it's good. Like if yeah. it keeps me entertained all the time, it won't even feel like that long. Um. So then, so here are my kind of spoilerish thoughts on it. It still is not as good as the first. Uh, I personally felt the runtime because uh, there's a lot of sequences that happen where they kind of just do the same thing over again, where it's like they break off and they have to then meet back up. They break off again, meet back up. Yeah. Um, there's actually a legitimate character and story part that happens that was just thrown in there. Uh, because James McAvoy asked for it. What's that? Uh, the kid character. He was oh. not. He was not a big thing at all in the original cut. Uh, but James McAvoy said that he felt like his character needed to have like that thing to basically be a sign of Georgie, to make him like come to grips with yeah. it again. And that entire carnival scene was not supposed to be in it, and yeah. that tacked on twenty more minutes. Of footage. I love James McAvoy, but sometimes the actors are actors because they're actors. You don't listen to them all the time. Yeah. I personally felt like he already had a strong enough thing for Georgie that he would have came to that. Yeah, especially towards the, you know towards the end where he's you know like when he's in the water physically metaphorically kills him. Yeah, yeah. That that's a powerful scene. So yeah. that they could have just retconned the whole, you know, that scene where it was. That's the other thing. There are some pretty powerful scenes. This, however, powerful performances. Bill Hader. Yeah, he's you really amazing. Talk, you really want to talk about the film and what's the shining moments in it? It's fucking Bill Hader. Like, yeah, he is by he's, far my favorite part of the whole film. He's not only hilarious as Richie. He's touching, sympathetic. He has the best arc in it. And, uh, of course, then, again, spoiler, he, he really actually loved, uh, what's his name, Stanley. See, th- that scene with him and Stanley where they're in the, you know, they're in the sewer area and they see the three doors and it says scary, not so scary, and very scary. Mm-hmm. I, I love that because they, they, he's like, ah, oh, he's just trying to trick us. So he opens the very scary and they're like, no, no, no. Like <laughs> something comes out there. So like, and then they go to not so scary. And he's like, I'm watching you, you little bitch. And he's just like, it's a chihuahua. And I'm, I laughed so hard in that film because of that scene. Yeah. Like, and then like, it turns out he was right. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, just his his scenes and all, but I will say one thing I really respect is the homage to the original and the scene mm. where they're at the uh, the Chinese restaurant. Yeah, with the whole everything popping out of the yeah. fortune cookies that is taken straight out of you know. However, again, again though, just like in the TV series, because of the practical way they were, they, I I always heard this joke and now I just rep- say it all the time where it's like. Hey, look, Marilyn Manson left his little toys out. Yeah. <laughs> like the one with the eyeball and stuff. Because that was the other thing. The CGI was not good. No. no. It was pretty laughably terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, to piggyback off of the spider from the original, 
We then have this, where it's like his half body, and then he's like half spider. He's like praying mantis. He looks like The Rock from Scorpion King. Yes. From Mummy Returns. That bad. I was like, <laughs> what What am I watching? How much money was put into this? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what they were really trying to go for in that scene. I would have honestly liked it funnier if they would have, like, had him start off as, like, the, the fake-looking spider thing. I would have laughed so hard. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he, like, blows up, but it's just, like, that was, like, a fake body. He's just, like, and then he turns maybe into that. I would have yeah. liked it more. Uh, and then to kind of say what could have been better is I feel like if they actually let Skarsgård do a bit more physical things in this. Yeah, I, I didn't see... Like, the thing is, like, a lot of the scenes, like, I feel like Pennywise isn't even big till towards the end. Uh, I think that he's... I personally know and probably that he's actually sprinkled more in this one yeah. than the other. But to me, it's the fact of, like, all the CGI that's put around him and stuff. Yeah. When he's, like doing it himself when he's in the costume and the makeup it's mm-hmm. awesome like when he first like gets that kid under the steps that yeah. was, I felt like that was like him trying to be honing in more the clown and the sympathetic thing yeah, yeah. that Tim Curry was trying to do except with less sympathy uh, and then when he's doing that like terrifying thing when he's like pulling off his makeup and stuff I was just like Fuck. what are the parts that made me laugh like because the CGI was bad was the old lady oh yeah the, that was the uh, thing from the trailer that everybody was talking about because to, to me again I wasn't scared of that I was laughing at uh, it it was so fun but, especially when she's in the room like in the room getting her thing and then you just see the old lady and she's like like just like no, no that's it because everybody was like what the hell whenever she starts running and you're just like is it a naked lady just running up to Jessica Chastain yeah. And then when you see it, it's like this big CGI catastrophe that has tits. Yeah, it's it's very odd. Like, it's I, like I don't what know what the they hell? were for. It was kind of, it was really weird. Um, oh. And again, I, I'll also give credit that all the actors are doing their damn goodest. Yeah. They're, they're acting their asses Even off. Even the actors, you know, because some of the actors were kind of, not known as much like they well, haven't really done anything yeah the guy that the, the guy that played the older Mike the only other thing he did was Old Spice commercials yeah so but the know. thing is when I saw them back to back I was like hey damn pretty good yeah like they they all seem to do pretty good even like with the whole not a whole lot of experience like McAvoy obviously you knew were thing which yeah. I was surprised I figured they were going to do a lot with McAvoy because they, he's probably they really didn't they, I thought I figured you know he would be like the highest paid there because he's a top actor still I uh, I think him and Jessica probably were the top billing yeah and uh, but they like they you know they didn't even really do I mean maybe more you know for her I guess they probably did a little bit more but well, but no. she she did the giant pit of blood though. Yeah, that was actually like really forcing on her. So that's why I they said that that was the most blood ever used in a horror movie before. Yeah, they say that, but I really would like to see an actual statistic. Because yeah. then there's also Dead Alive that was also given that. Yeah. Where I don't know. I feel like, it, but the other thing was that some I heard some people saying it was real blood. I'm like, no, it wasn't. You dumbass. Probably pig blood. Yeah, well, they stretched it with that, too, because they didn't want to have chance of infections and stuff. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so, yeah, the to me, the runtime just didn't really justify it and was kind of being a 
Achilles, this could have been a, a, a two-hour film. Yeah, a, a real Achilles heel for it. Um, it's I do sti- appreciate though that they added the scene in in the beginning with the the guy that gets beaten and then eaten. That was the most terrifying thing in the whole thing because that felt real. Yeah, no, it, like it really happens. I, I know that you know, like people actually like. I mean, even though it is you know in today's climate, we you know are really more accepting. But there's still places in the country that, you know, I feel like you could get the shit beat out of you. No, no but there's a part of the book that references that, right? Yeah, no, it's in the book, yeah. Yeah. So, it's not completely just thrown out of nowhere. Yeah, well, I, I said there was a lot of complaints about it and how it's dark and stuff. And I'm like, well, they're trying to be realistic with the book. I get it, it's a dark scene, but it's like, it's a movie about a killer clown. <laughs> like, yeah. You're going to go into a movie expecting... I, I just I just initially I just initially at the time when I saw it and I mean I still kind of feel this way, even if it's in the book doesn't necessarily mean it belongs there. Yeah, true. Uh, but the biggest thing when I first saw it, I was like, shit, there, nothing's gonna be scarier than this because this really happens. But then the other part of me felt like it was just thrown in there for shock. It probably was too. I mean, I like I said, I do appreciate that they're putting it in there because it is on the book. Well, we already know there's already right. one controversial thing they're never going to put in from the books. Yeah, we're not going to talk the, about that. Uh, well, we kind of have to, though. It's the gang rape scene. Yeah. <laughs> in the I, sewer. I just... That's such an odd... Like, I, I get why and they no, wouldn't and, put that in the movie. 100%. And, but even fans of the book don't know why it's there. Yeah, no, I, I don't... And Stephen King, I don't even think, is answer, answered. I get the idea, like, because it's basically saying, like, Pennywise will only attack children which mm-hmm. is clearly not true but yeah like because then they'd be adults mm-hmm. that's basically their the idea is like oh you have sex you're an adult now you're you're a big boy and yeah it's like no this is not how this goes like i i don't i don't understand the reasoning behind it i guess it's just yeah. it's very odd there uh, well but then they uh touch on it very quickly too another part that in the in chapter two that was definitely like they're talking about this because it's in the book and it's a big part of the book and that's the cthulhu or whatever cha or whatever yeah. <laughs> the, ri- the ritual yeah. when mikey shows and explains this to uh i'm forgetting his name for some reason now but james mcavoy's character oh yeah uh that was like an acid trip just happened i was like what the fuck uh and then Again, like, he's and, like, "Yeah, I did peyote." Yeah, and it's just like, okay. Yeah, this is this is not peyote. <laughs> um, and I also did like that because he's sidelined in the book, from what I understand. So he was also sidelined in the TV special, and that was Mike. Yeah, because he gets injured and he has to go to the hospital, and that's where he basically is until the climax of the film. He's yeah. not there to like battle Pennywise. Yeah, they at least have him there to battle him. So I like that. Uh, and I did like that they gave, uh, oh shit, uh, Stanley, uh, yeah. he, he was the final voice of it, because he was the one that killed himself. Shot, spoiler alert for everybody, Stanley just kills himself. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just didn't feel like it lived so far up to the first one. It's not bad, but... It, part one was definitely a lot better. Yeah, uh, it's just not enough for me to say that it was a very well constructed film. I, I feel like it's still watchable though. Like it, yeah. I wasn't mad that I like some movies. I leave like for the non-exit, for example. 
I left there disappointed that I spent my money on it. Yeah. Even though I laughed, I was still like, you know, I just wasted money on watching, you know, this garbage. Yeah. And there's some films, though, at least I got a little bit of enjoyment out of The Nun, but there's some, you know, some films that I watch that I'm just like, oh my god, this is awful. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know why I spent my money on this, but this, I, I was okay with it. Yeah. Uh, my grade would be a B minus. For that? Yeah. For it, chapter uh, two. I'd probably go B. Yeah. So, yeah. Check it out, especially if you like the first one, because you kind of have to see the conclusion. Uh, so, yeah, we're coming up on the end here uh, of our hour. Uh, did you enjoy this? Our first technical two rotten reviews? Yeah. No, it, it was a... Uh, I'm not mad that I watched that. I'm really excited about the Cage film. Like, that was so funny. <laughs> like... I, I didn't think I was going to laugh as hard as I did, but he's just so over the top. And, yeah, I think it went well. I mean, I'd definitely like to maybe do it again, maybe get another film. Yeah. unless had some good ideas, so. Unless you want to try to bring in one or any other ideas. Because the next one easily up for me is either Room or Troll 2. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen The Room, but yeah, neither of I us didn't. have seen Troll 2. No, I have. Oh, you have? So And well, I love and I love it. <laughs> well, then, either one, so yeah. we're, we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, and I'm sure you don't have any socials that you want to plug. No. You're just Damon the Gobbler Anderson here on Crazy Poultry Inc. Yeah, I okay. do what I do. Uh, you can find me at GaioLoco89 on Twitter, Ian Novak on Facebook too. But also to let you all know, after one episode, we're already available in other podcast areas. So just to let you know, if you want to try to find us on our podcast, Crazy Poultry Inc., the podcast... Uh, you can get us at Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, R- Radio Public, uh, Pocket Casts, and Spotify. You can find us there to listen to us when we try to do this more often. And you should uh, definitely do that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for joining me on this. Uh, you'll be going out later and probably getting drunk <laughs> for our friend's birthday. Oh, I definitely, I, I won't be able to. <laughs> uh, I might be sticking around here and maybe trying to start watching some horror films. Because we're getting to that October, and I know I'm already going to be hand-struck because I'm going to Cali for a week. Which, when I'm there, also a little shock, shocker and a precursor, I'll be doing a podcast out there with my uncle to talk about some California things, some music, some football, because I'll be going to the Packer game, too. Oh. So, I can't wait for that. Uh, and uh, just a, I guess, a quick shout-out. Uh, which one of these horror things do you want to shout-out real quick that I absolutely will need to be watching in the short time? Uh, okay, well... I have a stack on the table, just wow, so you all know. a huge stack. Oh my <laughs> if, if I uh, really have to... I, I'm going to throw in two that I suggest... Uh-huh. Of course, that's The Exorcist. Well, that's a given. And Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. Two of the, them. The thing is, all those th- fall under that I have to watch the next one. And then the next one after that. Okay, so, well, definitely but, I'd start with The Exorcist. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, guys, thank you for listening. Please go to and subscribe to the YouTube channel, too, which I'll try to be on there a little bit more, which is Crazy Poultry Inc. This has been the Crazy Poultry Inc. podcast. See you guys next time and keep going to the movies.